All right, we're talking about unity today, and we're going to uh, come from Ephesians chapter 4 and starting in verse uh, 1, 1 through 8. Therefore, the prisoner of thy Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where they are called, with all lowliness and unmeekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of spirit, the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, even if they are called, hope in your calling. O Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above, through all but into all. But unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherein he said, when he ascended up on high, he said, Captive, captive, and gave gift unto men. If uh, you've been around as long as I have, and you grew up in the 80s, there used to be a big popular thing. They had little bracelets that would have WWG. What would Jesus do? It was on bumper WWD. WWD. What would... What would Jesus do? And uh, it was on bumper stickers. And it was served as a reminder for us to think about every time we made a decision, every time we was in a situation, what would Jesus do? After all, we are to thrive to be more like him. So we should act the way he would act, the way he has taught us to act in his word, how he has showed us. Now, if we look today at the events going on, and we ask that, what would Jesus do? Are we seeing what would Jesus do today? You know, uh, if you look at some statistics, you'll see that a lot of things are on the decline. Church attendance, religion, belief in God, faith. Family, what we constitute a family structure, marriage, parenting. These things are not deemed important anymore. They're not useful. We uh, don't see church. We don't see God as something we need in our lives. We see it as a waste of time. So we push it to the side. We deregulate it. We take it away. We uh, don't believe in marriage anymore, that it's, it's meaningless, that we can just coexist and cohabitat and, and things. And we don't want to be parents to our children anymore. We want other people to take that role. Let the schools do it. Every time something happens, we take and implement new laws so to govern what happens to our children because as parents we're not stepping up to be parents, to raise them, to teach them right from wrong, to keep them out of danger. We're wanting other people to do that for us. But yet when we think we're being too regulated, we just went through these quarantine situations and people were upset because they don't want to be told what to do anymore, told what they can't do. But there is 
balance in what we have. When we say we are standing up for America, we're not talking about the soil that's under the feet. Because, yes, it's a great place. It's beautiful territory. It's rich in many different things. But we can find places like this all over the world that's beautiful to look at, that's rich in natural resources, that's a great place to live. But the thing that separates these different places is the government. People flock to America because of what it stands for, opportunity, for its freedom, for what it can do for a person. America was the land of opportunity. People wanted to come to America because they could start a new life. They could be anything they wanted to be. But the thing is, we can only do these things if we're all willing to live with inside our own parameters. If we are willing to do what we need to do as individuals, that's where law comes in. That's where regulation comes in, is when people step outside the boundaries of what is right and wrong. If people self-regulated themselves, of course, we would not need things like the military and police and laws and all these things. But quite frankly, since the beginning of time, people cannot follow the rules, man-made, God-made, or otherwise. So there has to be some sort of regulation. Unity. It seems like many things in life are meant to separate us. You know, there's a lot of non, or not harmful, not harmful things that we are are divided by, such as um, sports. We have our different favorite teams, and some teams are rivals. So we want our team to win and the other team to lose. And that's a separation. But there's no real harm there. Same thing, if you're a, a, a Ford fan, then you, that separates you from the Dodge and the Chevy guys. You know, there's a, a separation there. And these are things we encounter all through life. And then there's other things that divide us up that starts from a very early age. We see once we start entering into school, there is separation between the boys and the girls. When you're real little, the boys don't want to hang with the girls because they got cooties. They, they're, they don't want to play with each other because they're different. There's separation. As we grow up and mature more around middle school age, we start to see that we start forming into little groups. And we have our separation based by appearance and by status and by who we are and what we do, our interests in. We have the, the, the people that do sports over here in one section. We have the, the, uh, the intellects 
that are into, into studying. And they're in over here in this section. And we have the ones that are fashionable and, and popular. And they're in this other group. And these things doesn't change. As we grow up and become adults, we are then separated again by where we come from. Our background, our race, our gender. We're separated by our economic status, by our religious beliefs. We have all these different things that put us in the categories, and these categories are compared and separated one from another. And as we go on and we compare, we start looking at different things. Well, this isn't right because of this. And what we're doing is right because of this. What you're doing is wrong because of this. And we have all this back and forth, back and forth of things of what is right, what is wrong. Division. And when this division boils up and gets heated enough, that's when we have battle. It's no surprise that we have this division because even though I'm talking about current events today it fits right in with everything that we've been talking about for the past few months we have God that has done all these things not to divide us but to unify us and we have Satan that wants to tear down everything that God does so he takes and looks at all these little things that God does and finds a way to tear them down using fear and lies God wanted a family God didn't want to be alone God created the angels he created the heavens and earth and that wasn't enough he wanted a family so he created man he created Adam. Adam was alone. And that wasn't good enough. So he created woman. He created unity. He created marriage that brings two people together in a unit to start a family unit to further unify. When man fell, he sent his son Jesus to sacrifice, to cover us with his blood so that we could all once again be unified. We are all one body in Christ. This is the one thing that each and every person can share that we all can have in common if we accept Jesus Christ we can all be the same it doesn't matter where we came from where we've been what we've done what we're going to do we are all the same as a born again believer of Jesus Christ we are all one body we are all united It doesn't matter 
We all be, can be forgiven. We can all be equal. You know, as a parent, you have multiple children, and they're all very different. They do different things. They interact with you in different ways. Some of them are more trying than others. Some of them get into more trouble. Some of them do more good. But in the end, you love them all the same. You're willing to do the same for each and every one of them. And that's the way God sees every man, woman, and child on this earth. It's hard to believe when we see the actions of some people that God loves them. But he does. We are all sinners. We have all committed sin. And God sees all sins the same. We all make mistakes. We all have things we wish we could have done differently. A lot of us have wasted a good portion of our lives embracing sin. But you know what? It only takes that one moment to turn around, to turn yourself around, give yourself over to God, and all that can be erased. You know, we look at people sometimes, we wonder, why does God allow this to continue to happening? Why does he not take them away? Because we don't know what he knows. And we want to give our children every opportunity. We want to give them every chance. No matter how many times they mess up. No matter how many times they let us down. How many times they fail. How many times they make mistakes. We want to give you there and give them another chance. Another opportunity. And hope that this time will be the final turnaround. The final change. And they'll start moving in a different direction. And God's the same way. How many times did we mess up before we accepted? How many times are we continuing to mess up and we haven't made that step yet? How many times do we mess up even after we have prayed that sinner's prayer, gave everything over to God, and time has went by, things have happened, life has happened, and we fell into that world of sin again? How many times we had to repent? How many times we have to ask for forgiveness? Because we are all human we're driven by our emotions and it's okay to be passionate about something it's okay to have a cause but that cause that passion should never override what the word of God says and the Word of God says love. The Word of God says unity. The Word of God says to take care of one another. To be peaceful and humble. You know, often I've asked myself the question many times. You know, why is it that Jesus was born and did his ministry during that particular time of the world? And there's a couple things that you know I've learned along the way one thing is there was no war during that time and it was 
you know, different things allowed it to be, you know, basically peaceful for him to be able to travel around and, and do them kind of things. But, you know, I was just thinking about it. What if, instead of 2,000 years ago, that Jesus was just here now to spread his ministry? It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Because we tend to have our minds made up so much about things that when we look at the Word of God, we already have an idea about what we want it to say, so we just look for what we're looking for. We're trying to find what we already want to know and just be able to back up our thoughts instead of looking for the truth. And with today's world of, of social media and instant news access and being able to manipulate what the truth is, Jesus' message wouldn't have stood a chance because man would have ripped it apart. Man would have took and edited it and cut it down and made it say exactly what they wanted it to say. As Christians, as born-again believers, as the ones that are in church every, every Sunday, the ones that are been doing this for a while, we look at these times and say, well, this is just a sign of the end. So many of us just sit back and say, okay, I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. I know he's on his way. Well, yes, Jesus is coming back. He's on his way. But we still do not know the day or the time. He tells us that no man does. Not even Jesus himself knows when he's coming back because only God does. And God knows that time. So as a Christian, if we're sitting back and we're just sitting here and waiting, then we are wasting our valuable time because there is still a chance to make a difference. We don't know if this world still has another week or another 10 years or another 50 years. Only God has that. So it's our duty to make the most of the time that we have. It's our duty to pray. To, to uh, believe, have faith, and stay strong. To pray for our nation, to pray for each other. To be what God wants us to be. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house today, Lord. We ask you just to, to be with the nation for the hearts of the people that's and everything that's going on, Father, just to they'll start to see that what the truth is, Father, where the truth lies in the Word, Father, and start that the Word will have an impact on their hearts. We thank you for this, Father, and ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.